Welcome to ASRM Today, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into the current topics in reproductive medicine. Reproductive medicine is ripe with ethical issues, from test tube babies to the fear of the future. I am Jeffrey Hayes, and today on the show, we're speaking with Dr. Seagal Klipstein, chair of the ASRM Ethics Committee, about the relevance, importance, and role of the committee. Dr. Klipstein is board certified in obstetrics and gynecology, as well as reproductive endocrinology and infertility, and also holds a fellowship in medical ethics. Dr. Klipstein, welcome to ASRM today. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. The ASRM Ethics Committee has a very robust and rich history. For our listeners who might not know, what is the general role and history of the Ethics Committee in the organization? Sure. So the Ethics Committee was actually formed uh, at the very beginnings of what was at the time the American Fertility Society. Um, Dr. Hammond was the president at the time, and he sent a letter to Dr. Howard Jones charging him with creating the Ethics Committee. So in 1981, Dr. Jones, actually, even before the committee was formed, published a wonderful article called The Ethics of IVF. And in that, he outlined all of the relevant issues that were present at the time that really haven't changed uh, over the many years since we've been doing IVF. Things like, what is the ethics of IVF? What is the status of an embryo? When does an embryo become a person? What do you do with extra embryos? Embryo modification, cloning, surrogacy. So all of these issues were really envisioned at the very beginning of our field and our organization. The Committee on Ethics uh, was formed in 1984. It met eight times over the the next two years and published then a series of articles which filled a whole uh, supplement to fertility and sterility. And these dealt with really uh, many of the questions that continue to be important to us today. What do we do with procreative liberty and the right to reproduce? How do we define that? How do we support individuals and couples in these rights? What is the moral status of the embryo? Looking at gamete and embryo donation, issues with long-term cryopreservation, what happens with those embryos and and eggs and sperm. Uh, Important and and near and dear to me is uh, the issue of embryo research. Our committee worked hard to publish uh, essentially a white paper on the ethics of embryo research uh, and many other topics that we continue to revisit today as technologies evolve and develop. So these questions then sort of uh, drive how the documents are conceived is is that fair or or I, I guess my my question becomes is where do the questions come from you know where 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 do these these to to sort of shape these topics that you're going to mm-hmm. to discuss in these documents so some of the uh, questions come from the infancy of our field um, and they're revisited as new technologies come come to being. So for example, uh, manipulation of the embryo has always been a question, but as we've been able to do uh, pre-implantation genetic testing um, and now perhaps modification of the embryo with CRISPR-Cas technology, we keep revisiting these technologies and looking to them and discussing the ethics. So I think what's really most interesting about the committee is that while the sort of basic underpinnings, the ethical principles don't change. The way in which we apply them to every new topic, every new question does change. So sometimes the topics we discuss and we write about and publish opinions on come from previous opinions that are now somewhat outdated because the technology has changed or society has changed a little bit. Uh, One example that comes to mind is 
we had uh, opinions on same-sex reproduction and reproduction by single uh, individuals. And as marriage equality became uh, a topic of conversation and uh, same-sex marriage became legal, the issue of same-sex marriage and the way that we talk about these things uh, has changed. In the early days of IVF, many of the documents talked about the importance of marriage and married couples. And we understand uh, today that, that many people who want to build families do not belong to sort of what you'd call the traditional heterosexual family. So that's evolved. So some of the committee opinions are just kind of revisiting uh, previous opinions. Some come from questions from members, some come from new technologies that develop, uh, some come from just the general membership of ASRM or the community. Uh, anyone really can email us a question. And some come from needs uh, that the organization internally uh, feels that we should address. Uh, so many different ways to, to come to this. Ethics, of course, the word alone brings up a lot of, you know, uh, visualizations about philosophy and uh, certainly fields outside of reproductive medicine. What, what, when, when you're tackling these large issues, these large questions, then how diverse is the committee? Is there, are there mental health people who are contributing to this, you know, et cetera? Um, yes, thank you for asking. The, the committee by design is as diverse as possible. Uh, we would love to have many more members than we have, but uh, of course you have to limit the membership so that we can have robust and fruitful conversations. But we, we always have practicing clinicians, ethicists, theologians, lawyers, mental health professionals, patient advocates. There is a, a liaison from the American College of OBGYN. And similarly, we have a liaison to their committee on uh, medical ethics. And the ASRM president also sits at our committee. So we do have as broad of a group as, as possible because there are different um, opinions on many of these topics. And we want to make sure that we are representing as broad a vision of uh, reproductive ethics as we are able to. Now, the practice committee puts out different types of documents, the guidelines and opinions and all of these things. What are the various types of documents? Is it just opinions that come from the ethics committee or are there, are there other types of documents? No, there are also committee opinions similar to the practice committee. I think if you look at the two committees, we ask what we should be doing. And the practice committee talks more about how we should be doing it um, based on the latest research. So we, we approach the this very similar topics from very different uh, perspectives. I want to circle back then to talking a little bit more about or just briefly touching on the process of putting these things together. Again, I, we, we mentioned that we start with a, with a question, you know, the question gets spent upon and then we go up and find uh, or the committee goes and finds, you know, uh, the, the information to, to sort of fuel that along. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about the, the, the actual process when, when you're sitting down and you've at least decided upon this is what we're going to focus on. So how does that move forward at that mm -hmm. point? So we meet as a committee to discuss all the new topics that come up um, and decide how to prioritize them uh, and which ones to, to address initially. Once we do that, typically we talk in broad strokes as a committee of what are the, the key issues underpinning the, the topic, what are the key ethical points, and, and uh, what direction do we want to take as a committee. We don't necessarily come up with the final document or, or, or our opinion at that time, then typically several, usually two opinion, uh, committee members are assigned to write an outline. That comes back to the committee, uh, again, is further deliberated, and, and then the two or so members uh, write a, a draft, and that draft then comes back to the committee. We discuss it. Uh, one thing that's unique to our committee um, is that once a draft is fairly 
finalized um, internally, we send it out for members. So any member of ASR, all, all the ASR members uh, obtain a copy of it and they can weigh in. Um, and then we uh, collate all those comments and look at them as, as an ethics committee uh, and incorporate them into the final version. Um, before the version then goes out, we often have legal representation. Some, oftentimes we have lawyers within the committee, but also we look at it uh, from a legal perspective. The board gets to look at the opinions and the CEO and the CESO also look at the opinions. Uh, they make further comments. We incorporate those and then the committee opinion is ready to be uh, published in Fertility and and is also available on the ASRM website, both to the uh, ASR members and to the general public. I'm talking with Dr. Seagal Klipstein, chair of the ASRM Ethics Committee on the show today. And as she just mentioned, you can always access those documents on our website, www.asrm.org. And of course, I think it's, it's wonderful that the committee looks to the wider base to, you know, have the input before something is finalized. And you were mentioning that it goes out over email. Does the committee normally find that to be very successful? Is there is there really robust feedback or good feedback? I mean, I know we don't have to, you know, put a percentage or a number on it mm-hmm. right now, but I mean, just based on your, your time and experience with the committee. Yeah, it's interesting. I would say that some topics lend themselves to more robust conversation among the members than other topics. We would love to have more input. I would say that Given that it goes out to thousands of members, we certainly don't get as many uh, comments as we perhaps could. And I think this is really a good opportunity and a good forum to make sure that our membership is aware that this is a group effort and that we really do want to incorporate the opinions and the ideas and the thoughts and the concerns of uh, all of us in the opinions. So I would encourage the members to look at these opinions, to email them. We take these opinion recommendations into account. We take them very seriously. We try to incorporate as many as we can. It's very important for us to uh, obtain this member feedback because we want to make sure that we're representing ASRM as a whole um, and not just the microcosm of the uh, ethics committee, which by virtue of of having a limited number of members can't possibly represent all of the various views that are contained in, uh, in our very broad and diverse membership. I feel like you were right on the cusp of saying the greater good um, in, in that. And I, no, no, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Because again, when you're talking about philosophical questions and you're talking about larger larger questions that, that obviously, based on a number of the ethics committee documents that I've read over the years, and I've been with the organization now for, for seven years, I always find it very interesting in, in the challenges that the documents uh, represent. With that in mind, with this idea of the larger picture of what these documents can represent, can you talk a little bit about the importance of the committee then? Because I know people probably go, well, they have a practice committee and they have an ethics committee and they have all these committees. You know, why do we need an ethics committee? So I think we're unique in reproductive medicine in that there's m- many of the ways in which we care for patients are not black and white, and many of the technologies are not black and white. And I think, you know, when you're dealing with things like the beginning of life or the end of life, they're ripe with ethical concerns. Um, And so to us, it's really important to take a step back and look at what we're doing with a little bit of distance and to say, look, is this the right thing? Is this not? Um, And how do we look at it? And are there different perspectives? And are there multiple right ways to do it? And to give 
leeway to our membership, to the physicians and the embryologists and mental health professionals on the ground to take good care of their patients, but with some sort of ethical underpinning and guidance from us. What's important to me as the chair of the committee is that the committee opinions are not pie in the sky aspirational because in the end, many of us sit in front of patients and and need to make decisions. And so we try to give very practical advice to those on the ground dealing with these issues. I don't think it's helpful to be too philosophical in the final analysis because you have to take the philosophy and the ethical considerations and mold them in some way to make them accessible to um, the actual uh, clinicians that are dealing with these and grappling with these very difficult issues. And you use that word practicality, I think is very important Mm -hmm. in all this. And and I think practicality is such a a tremendous goal for this committee. Are there any other goals or or perhaps you as chair, a a vision that that you want to share today with, with, with listeners? Yeah, it's it's very important to me to look at new technologies as they evolve and to identify future ethical issues and to say, look, the, the technology is out there. We think that the ability to do certain things, whether that's grow embryos for longer, whether that's manipulate embryos, but but in a way, you know, the, the science moves on very quickly. And some of the criticism of our field, I believe, is that we just followed the science and didn't perhaps always think about what the ramifications were for society, for the individual in advance. And so what's important to me is to look at these technologies that are emerging and write about them and think about them and talk about them before their realities so that those researchers that and, and clinicians that later look to incorporate the technologies will have some sort of a roadmap that can help them. Similarly, we had an ad hoc committee with members of the ethics committee as well as experts from uh, throughout ASRM uh, several years ago, and we've formed a committee to look at the ethics and embryo research. At the same time, ASRM was forming a research institute and needed to make decisions on which uh, research to fund. And so I like to look at this as really a a wonderful collaboration uh, between the two elements looking at what research is possible and which research should move ahead looking at both the ethics and the importance of the science. And so I see our role as collaborative and really enmeshed in the greater scientific mission of ASRM. And that's just the beauty of research in general. You know, yes, it, indeed. It starts, it, it starts with the germ of an idea, you know, and it just it can blossom and, and, and spread out. And I've always loved that aspect of research, no matter how grueling and, and, and mind-numbing it can be uh, sometimes. I, I think that that's really wonderful. So before we're out of time today, is there anything else that you would like to touch on? You know, I think it's, it's a testament to uh, ASRM that they, uh, as an organization, have seen the importance of having an ethics committee. The ethics committee has been in continuous existence since its formation. And I'm just so uh, fortunate to work in such a collaborative way with such wonderful thinkers and very proud of the uh, opinions that we publish and looking forward to to doing much more uh, over the years. I, you know, on the one hand, you you think you you can predict what will come. And on the other hand, you're always surprised by the new technologies and the new questions that arise. And so it's been really a wonderful opportunity for me. And I feel very fortunate to be able to contribute in this way to ASRM and to the Ethics Committee. Wonderful. The, the, the thought too of, of just, we got to go onward and upward. 
Indeed. 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 All the time. I've been talking with Dr. Seagal Klipstein, chair of the ASRM Ethics Committee, on the show today. Thank you so much for being able to come on and spend time with us. My pleasure. Thank you. I'm Jeffrey Hayes, and this is ASRM Today. This concludes this episode of ASRM Today. For show notes, author information, and discussions, go to asrmtoday.org. This material is copyrighted by the American Society for Reproductive Medicine and may not be reproduced or used without express consent from ASRM. ASRM Today series podcasts are supported in part by the ASRM Corporate Member Council. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ASRM and its affiliates. These are provided as a source of general information and are not a substitute for consultation with a physician. We would like to end this podcast by taking a moment to remember Dr. Charles Hammond, who recently passed away. His vision led to the creation of the Ethics Committee, and his legacy lives on in the ongoing work of the committee.